From the studios of WORQ in Wisconsin, this is the Stand Up For The Truth podcast. Today's issues, overlooked headlines, and biblical observations, equipping the remnant around the globe. Got your sword handy? This is Stand Up For The Truth. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. We've got a special guest, J.B. Hickson, today, a very special podcast topic because of our independence, America's freedom. We are still, in part, a great nation due to the freedoms that we have, due to our founding documents and that precious U.S. Constitution. Um, A lot of what you heard yesterday, if you went to church, would be illegal. In most countries around the world, you would not be able to share or say a lot of those things, and that's why we're so blessed to have the First Amendment. We're so blessed to have protections on our religious freedoms and speech, and JB and I will be talking about that in just a minute. But this, he quoted a scripture, and I just want to share it with you. Proverbs fourteen thirty four: Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a disgrace to any People. So what we're going to try to do today is give you a very balanced approach to the 4th of July, to America, our history, our founding, um, our Christian influence from the pilgrims, the separatists, to the founders, to the signers of the Constitution. And we'll be quoting a lot of people this hour and talking about even a few lies that have even been accepted in the church. And one of them I'll give you, you know, give it to you right now. The the lie, the second biggest lie in America, the separation of church and state. So, J.B. Hickson, Dr. J.B., author, conference speaker, pastor of Plum Creek Chapel. He's one of my favorite guests. He's a founder of Not By Work Ministries. And if you haven't read his latest two-book set, uh, outstanding volume, Spirit of the Antichrist, The Gathering Cloud of Deception, check them out at notbyworks.org. J.B., good morning. Welcome, brother. Hey, David, always a pleasure. Great to talk to you, uh, and uh, it's going to be a great week. You know, we, we do still have a great uh, country, and yes. we have to be able to thank God for the freedoms that we did have. I love how you pointed out, you know, in many places, uh, the kinds of things we preached Sunday would have been illegal. Wow. Yeah, oh Praise my goodness. God for that. Yes, so we're going to, there's going to be some things you want to share today, which I am agreeing with, that uh, about our founding, and about uh, what we have sometimes believed wrongly about our founders, and um, we are going to be a, ver- a very balanced podcast today, give you that approach. But, JB, before we kick things off, um, I want to read a prayer from 1774. This was from Reverend Jacob Duchesne, a prayer that actually opened the Continental Congress, the first Continental Congress in September of 1774, and then I'm going to turn it over to you and let you just go, brother, with what God put on your heart for this morning. He said this, O Lord, our Heavenly Father, high and mighty King of kings, Lord of lords, who dost from thy throne behold all the dwellers on earth and reignest with power supreme and uncontrolled over all the kingdoms, empires, and governments. Look down in mercy, we beseech thee, on these our American states, who have fled to thee from the rod of the oppressor and thrown themselves on thy gracious protection, desiring to be henceforth dependent only on thee, to thee have they appealed for the righteousness of their cause. To thee do they now look up for that countenance and support which thou alone canst give. Take them, therefore, Heavenly Father, under thy nurturing care. Give them wisdom in counsel and valor in the field. Defeat the malicious designs of our cruel adversaries. Convince them of the unrighteousness of their cause. And if they persist in their purposes of own unerring justice, sounding in their hearts, constrain them to drop the weapons of war from their unnerved hands in the day of battle. Be thou present, O God of wisdom, and direct the counsels of this honorable assembly. Enable them to settle things on the best and surest foundation, that the scene of blood may be speedily closed, that order, 
harmony, and peace may be effectually restored, and truth and justice, religion and piety, prevail and flourish amongst the people. Preserve the health of their bodies and vigor of their minds. Shower down on them and the millions they here represent such temporal blessings as thou seest expedient for them in this world and crown them with everlasting glory in the world to come. All this we ask in the name and through the merits of Jesus Christ, thy Son and our Savior. Amen. J.B. Hickson, uh, that was the first prayer that opened the Continental Congress in September of 1774. I think you could be arrested for saying that today in the House, uh, in, in Congress. What are your thoughts, brother? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just amazing uh, how far we've drifted when you when you yeah. listen to that prayer. I mean, mm-hmm. what a beautiful just uh, acknowledgement of God, His sovereignty, who He is, uh, yes. His presence in our lives, and, and you contrast that today with the, you know, the religious pluralistic dribble that we that we hear that's passed off as prayers in in any public setting, uh, particularly in political settings. You know, mm-hmm. every president loves to quote scripture and usually out of context and <laughs> often mispronounced. Uh, that's right. But you know, th- that's just so different from. From the culture, uh, you know what we might call the Sitzenleben, the the milieu of the of the time back in the day when our uh, country was being put together. Um, you know, the Mayflower came over; it landed on the uh, the tip of Cape Cod, Massachusetts, November twenty first, sixteen twenty, and it was filled, David, with uh, one hundred and two passengers, a crew of about thirty, uh, that were coming over. Uh, seeking a place to worship God uh, unimpeded, uh, you know, freed from the, the shackles of the, the monarch, and to just come and, and stand firm on God's Word. And, and, and so 150 years later, you know, people forget how long it was between when the first settlers arrived and then the so-called Founding Fathers mm. came. Um, a lot happened in that 150 years. Yeah. And so as we look back on uh, all of the things that uh, surrounded the founding of this country, which we're celebrating uh, this week. Tomorrow yes. is July 4th, of course. Um, we see both the fingerprints of God and, uh, unfortunately, the fingerprints of Satan. Yes. Um, but, yeah, th- there's no question that the culture at that time was entrenched in a biblical Christianity. And even if people in that day, you know, were not believers. They hadn't placed their faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone as the only one who can forgive sin and save them. Uh, the culture itself recognized a, a providence, a, a recognition of a, of a Creator. Yes. And um, so, you know, that's why I think we see so many references in the letters like the one you read uh, to, to God, the Creator of the universe. Yes. Um, and, of course, the pilgrims came over at, in 1620, is that right? Yeah, think, November 21st, 1620. 1620. I just want to read another quote here by uh, William Bradford of Plymouth Plantation. He said, uh, being thus arrived in Good Harbor. And why do I read this? Because the left and secularists and those who would not want to abide by the, the Constitution or our biblical underpinnings of this nation, they will say, well, there was never any Christian founding or influence, or that was never their intention. Well, here we go. William Bradford said, Being thus arrived in good harbor and brought safe to land, they fell upon their knees and blessed the God of heaven, who had brought them over the vast and furious ocean and delivered them from all the perils and miseries thereof, again to set their feet on the firm and stable earth. Having undertaken... For the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith and honor of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony, end quote, William Bradford. And as you mentioned, J.B. Hickson, we have strayed so far in part because the enemy was is never asleep. He's always working and in part because the church has sometimes been asleep. Your thoughts? Yeah, no question. The church uh, bears responsibility for not doing what God called the church to do, which was to be a, a light that shines in this perverse uh, generation. You know, the Bible calls the present age the last days. Uh, that's because if you look at a panoramic view of, of God's plan of the ages, the church age is indeed the final age prior to the coming kingdom, when Christ himself will come and take the throne and 
the world uh, shift back to a, a globalist uh, uh, perspective. You know, it started with globalism, uh, one world, Adam and Eve in the garden. Uh, very quickly, it shifted into a nationalistic uh, plan, and that's the age in which we live today. And don't let anyone ever tell you that national sovereignty doesn't matter. We ought to fight mm-hmm. for it till yeah. Jesus comes. Amen. But we know that along the way, before Christ comes, the Antichrist is going to take the helm and try to usher in a one-world satanic system of political, religious, and, and government uh, persuasion. But then Christ is going to come back. And But in this present age, uh, we see a, as the Bible says we will, a gradual drifting away uh, from yeah. our, you know, moorings, our, our Christian um, principles. Now, we need to remember that in the grand scheme of things, the United States, uh, you know, our great country that we are privileged to live in and, 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 and be born in and grow up in, it's only been around about 4% of the time of human history. Wow. So, you know, 200, <laughs> 277 years, uh, and... That's not a lot when you when you tend when you kind of step back and look at the big picture. No, and nevertheless, no. for such a young country in the grand scheme of things, uh, we have been used mightily by God more than any other nation in human history to spread the gospel, uh, to make a difference. Um, and yet, at the same time, and this is the case that I make in my Spirit of the Antichrist books, we know Satan has a competing agenda, and from the very beginning. There is incontrovertible evidence that Satan had other ideas for this country. He wanted to make America uh, the beachhead for the New World Order. That's why they called it the New World. And that's why the Freemasons came over. That's why the Illuminati was started in 1776, the same year that our country was founded. And a lot of these uh, people that were involved in the founding of this country had ulterior motives. Yes. Even though they may have at times... Uh, recognized and understood that there is a God, because that was the culture of the day, they nevertheless were doing the bidding of some uh, pretty bad people. Uh, and what they did, David, was they underestimated vastly the power of God's people, who had a 150-year head start with the Puritans, the pil- what we call the pilgrims today, uh, who had you know, already laid a foundation in this, in this country before it was even born, yes. uh, that we were going to serve God. And so, uh, yeah, there's a, there are a lot of the founding fathers that indeed were, were Bible-believing Christians. Uh, some of them were not Christians, yet they had a respect for God. But there's another whole uh, set that you don't hear a lot about, especially in Christian circles, that were, uh, you know, avowed Luciferians that were trying to make the New World a launching point for what they perceived as the final phase of Satan's plan to, to usher in a one-world system. You said something very interesting, and I want to get you to uh, bring that up to today, and then we'll go back and, and talk about some things that have happened through the centuries. Um, during America's founding, you used the uh, the words, the culture of the day, and many of them would acknowledge God, but then we know that even Satan believes and shudders. He, doesn't, he hasn't placed his faith in God, but he believes. He knows there's only one God. So the culture of the day, what about today, J.B.? Um, the culture of the day, we can obviously see who is influencing our culture today. Yeah, no question, Satan. And, you know, he's going to usher in a one-world religion after the rapture that we see the stage being set for every day. It's unbelievable, the, the, yes. the amount of pluralistic thinking. Um, in the time of the founding of this country, uh, you know, faith and reason were the competing worldviews. You know, Christians... Uh, believed in faith, and then, uh, you know, coming out of the uh, Enlightenment, people were contrasting that with reason and science and all of that. But, you know, in that day, there was still a respect for faith and providence. They they might have called it providence, not wanting to acknowledge there's a God. (laughs) But today, it's completely different. You know, today, all of that is just you know, brushed aside, it's mocked, it's ridiculed. Uh, Only the, the most ignorant in, you know, nincompoops would actually believe in an unseen God who who spoke the world into existence in six literal 24-hour days. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's totally different, but it's all prophetic. It's all setting the stage for what is going to happen globally uh, when uh, the restraining influence of the Holy Spirit through the Church is removed at the rapture. You know, most of us, JB, that have been paying attention and that are informed and see and are discerning about what's happening in our country and around the world from a biblical perspective, most of us are not shocked or surprised. 
But I think we would, if we were to be honest with ourselves, we would say, um, boy, I can't imagine when the restrainer is removed. I can't mm. imagine how dark and perverse and destructive and chaotic it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if on Q90 FM anyone has ever quoted uh, the, the the 70s rock group BTO, Bachman Turner Overdrive, <laughs> but, you know, when the rapture happens, you ain't seen nothing yet. Let me, see. <laughs> Let me just tell you. <laughs> that's, that's good. Uh, that's, yeah. that's, that's good. Um, so, JB, I want to go back to, since we're kind of moving through history, and then you're going to share some things that are going to really open a lot of people's eyes today. Um, I want to go back to June 11. Um, 1776. It, now, it was actually a committee of five that were, that were assigned by the Continental Congress the task of drafting what would eventually be the Declaration of Independence. It was returned to the Congress on July 1st, but it was actually July 2nd when Congress voted on the Lee Resolution, which the former 13 colonies became 13 sovereign states, seceding from Great Britain. Um, there were 12 I no nays and one state abstained that was new york uh, but it was the second day of july 1776 and um the famous uh copy that you see the declaration um that was actually the signatures were actually uh, put on that signed in a formal event on august 2nd which so there's some very interesting dates that jump around but the final wording of the declaration was approved on july 4 and so we celebrate July 4. And I just want to quote Samuel Adams on August 1st, 1776. He said, We have this day restored the sovereign to whom alone men ought to be obedient. He reigns in heaven and from the rising to the setting sun, may his kingdom come. That was Samuel Adams. Mm. So there's some interesting quotes in there. You can see their intentions. A lot of people use the wording, well, in the debates today in courts about the cons, whether that something is constitutional or not, was that the founder's intent? Well, we know, I think, looking at 92-plus percent of the founding documents, letters, and, and you know, declarations that we know what their intent was. Is there any surprise there, J.B.? Yeah, again, I think we, we know that they were founding this based on incredible constitutional principles of freedom. They were mm-hmm. uh, wanting to break away from, um, you know, Great Britain. There's no question about that. But I think what often gets overlooked is there is a, a sometimes not so subtle undercurrent of animosity toward Christianity that's behind the scenes. And again, not to say that like like you said, the vast majority of the people involved, the founding fathers, as we call them, uh, were God-fearing uh, believers. Mm-hmm. But there were some pretty big power brokers that yeah. had a secret agenda, yeah. uh, much like today in our government. You know, and believe it or not, David, we are still a sovereign nation. I know it seems like we've <laughs> just kind of thrown our hat in with the World Economic Forum, the yeah. World Health Organization, and all the globalists, but technically... We're still a sovereign nation, and uh, there are people in Congress and the Senate that that speak as if we are a sovereign nation, and yet there are uh, clear Luciferians who are controlled agents, uh, you know, of the of the globalists that are advancing an agenda that, that are trying to cause us to give up our rights. Now, one of the things we need to remember is that the ultimate arbiter of the timing of all this is God. Mm-hmm. So Satan can try all he wants to, to push forward his agenda using his uh, co-conspirators here on earth. Uh, but, you know, God's, you know, God's timetable will stand firm. And when he's ready, call the church home and move into the end phase of his plan of the ages. That's when it'll happen. Nevertheless, you know, we do see in the, in the early days of this country, uh, some a pretty, uh, you know, astounding uh, comments. And, you know, you're right. I, I think it has to be balanced. You know, we, mm-hmm. we, we've got some people who only cherry pick quotes that speak about the, the Word of God, the Bible, you know, God the Creator, yep. uh, those types of things, but they ignore the other ones. You know, I've, I've been, uh, you know, studying this for many, many years and, and I am, you know, very much a, a proud, uh, patriot. You know, my, my father's a retired lieutenant colonel in the Army Reserves. Uh, he served our country proudly and patriotically. My grandfather flew in the U.S. Army Air Corps. I have aunts and uncles and cousins who've served and are currently serving in various government and military positions. 
Uh, Wendy and I have taken many trips to Washington, D.C., uh, and, and walked through just about every hallowed hall there is, met with congressmen, uh, been in the, the House chambers. Mm. Uh, we've been, you know, t- taught our children about our heritage. And every time we visit Arlington National Cemetery, you know, I get I get choked up. I mean, there's nothing uh, quite as meaningful uh, as an American than watching the changing of the guard at the Tomb of the Unknowns. Yes. So, um, but I think we have to be honest and uh, and resist the tendency to, you know, look through the eyes of American exceptionalism and and assume that the only agenda from from the inception of our country and again I'm talking about the seven you know the the 1770s, you know, the hundred and fifty years after the pilgrims landed. And and that agenda, you know, was uh, pretty pretty clearly mixed. Mm-hmm. Um, but on a day like today, I, I said this to my church uh, yesterday. You know, sometimes I sometimes I, I regret some of the things that I've taught through the years because people tend to latch on to some of my uh, negativity about you know our country and the direction <laughs> we're headed and the globalists and all of that, and the Luciferian conspiracy, and they have a hard time then celebrating our country. And I I kind of gently reminded our folks, I said, look, we need to be able to nuance this. I mean, this is still the greatest country in the world, mm-hmm. and I'm still proud to be an American. Am I proud of the direction we're heading? Absolutely not. Am I proud of yeah. some of the decisions that I've seen in my lifetime that I never dreamed I would? Absolutely not. But, uh, you know, we want to respect those men and women, uh, patriotic men and women who have gone before us, who paid the ultimate sacrifice to give us the freedoms that we have today, such as they are. Amen. And uh, so, you know, you have to balance sounding the alarm with being honest that this this is an incredible nation. You know, uh, mm-hmm. the, the passage you quoted uh, at the beginning, or actually I think you quoted from Proverbs 14.34, but an anonymous psalmist wrote, uh, of course, referencing Israel, but the principle is true in general when he said in Psalm 33.12, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Mm. And so, you know, if we acknowledge God yeah. and we serve him, we're going to see God's blessings. And like my friend uh, Andy said uh, Sunday, you know, if we don't, then we're going to go the way of a lot of nations before us. Sadly. Yes, we are under God's judgment is what he preached about yesterday in a two-part message. He couldn't get it all in yesterday. But, hey, JB, um, let's, we, we can talk about anything today regarding our history, regarding Christians, how we look at where we are today and where we came from. Um, let's look at the Constitution briefly, the uh, religious freedoms that we have. Uh, um, I did an article recently that the Satanic Temple, by the way, the Satanists, they have a 501c3, the Church of Wicca, the Wiccans, they have a 501c3. Mm-hmm. That's why they can teach Harry Potter and other things in the public schools. So they're going to hold a Let Us Burn rally. They're, they're doing these events across the country at state, state capitals, and they're allowed to do it because they allow Christians to have meetings about whatever, whether it's pro-life or a worship event. So the Satanists are trying to take advantage of the Constitution. J, uh, JB, is there a double-edged sword, uh, so to speak, to religious freedom and the rights that we enjoy constitutionally? Because anybody, any religion, any group, can also have the same privileges. What are your thoughts? Well, I think it, you know, it depends on the situation. A lot of times they will pass off as religion certain things that are morally wrong. Yes. You know, like transgenderism and the right to slice and dice up our young children, even if the parents don't uh, approve, like they're trying to do in California. Um, so we have to be careful. Uh, to take a moral stand, which, by the way, according to the New Testament, that's what the purpose of government is, is to bless good and punish evil. Yes. Um, but as far as actual religious belief systems, uh, you know, I've always said, let God's Word stand on its own. You know, I don't want to squelch uh, people from having the freedom to speak their mind mm-hmm. uh, publicly the way I do. That's, you know, that, that is a double-edged sword. I get it. Uh, and that's not to get too far afield here, but that's one of the problems I had back during the pandemic when many conservative Christians were applauding the actions of so-called conservative governors who were using the same unconstitutional executive orders to enact uh, decisions and policies that we might agree with, such as you can't force people to wear masks, you can't fire them if they don't get the shot. We might uh, you know, uh, be happy about that principle, but but you know we don't want the conservatives overstepping their 
bounds and enforcing unconstitutional mandates any more than we want the left. So I think you have to kind of keep it all in context. Um, you know, do I do I want um, you know people to have the right to stand up and speak their religious beliefs? No matter how wrong they are, sure, that's that's what makes this country great. Yes. But do I want people to claim under the so-called, uh, you know, separation of church and state, and we can talk about that as well, sure. which doesn't really exist. Yep. Uh, do I want them to use that to prove that, you know, or to claim that, you know, they we can't talk about God or pray or share the gospel in school? Absolutely not. Yeah, we're going to go there. Absolutely. After the break, uh, talk about the separation of church and state, which is the second biggest lie in America. But let's go back to something uh, you mentioned, um, what's going on with the recent craze, uh, transgenderism, and the the legislation that's being passed. It's kind of like political ping pong we're seeing, depending on whether you're a blue state or a red state. Uh, we only have uh, four minutes left in this segment, JB, but the Michigan House of Representatives passed a bill, HB 4474, that it says under the new bill, offenders would be guilty of a felony. Now, this is for using the wrong pronouns, which is a free speech issue, I believe. Under the new bill, offenders would be guilty of a felony punishable by imprisonment for not more than five years or a fine of not more than $10,000. Michigan passed this. This is a free speech issue. This is a constitutional issue. This is what makes America... Uh, a good place to be when you have the Constitution, but people misread that and twist it. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? It's going to happen state by state, I think. Well, yeah, it is. But, you know, w- w- the way I've kind of described uh, w- where we are at in our current culture with the Supreme Court and all federal courts, frankly, is it's basically like, you know, a roulette wheel. You, there's no <laughs> consistency. You never know what you're going to get. It's yeah. a, it is like a ping pong ball. That's a, that's a perfect analogy, uh, because it's all controlled. And so, you know, we praise God that occasionally a conservative ruling, uh, is issued and, and it stems the tide a little bit. But, uh, I don't think for a second that, you know, the Supreme Court is conservative, uh, even though people yeah. claim it's a supermajority of six to three. It's right. not. Right. It's controlled. I've made that case uh, in, in my books. Uh, so, I think we just have to trust God. Obviously, we trust God anyway through everything we do. But I think we just need to not put our hope in a political system or even a a, a highly flawed criminal injustice system, as I call it. (laughs) Uh, We need to... We need to just take take what they give us. You know, when we get those rulings, we say, praise God, at least mm. there's some modicum of, you know, of logic and common sense still around here, here and there that peeps up above the fray. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's interesting uh, what they allow to, to go through and what they don't. Interesting. We just have a minute here, but there's another other ruling by the Supreme Court, which uh, came out on behalf of Lori Smith, uh, Creative LLC, um, she was just trying to do her job and not want to be forced by uh, gays and lesbians and transgenders in Colorado to um, do business with who she wanted to. And that was a Supreme Court case. And they came down. Uh, Neil Gorsuch wrote the opinion, the opinion on half of the majority. And um, th- in other words, we got a win for religious freedom on Christianity and her right to run her business how she wanted to. But uh, the left attacked the court big time, as you said. It's, we're not guaranteed what they're going to, especially John Roberts, and that's a whole other story. But uh, maybe when we come back, we should talk ab- about some other men that um, we sometimes are confused about. Abraham Lincoln, Thomas Jefferson, uh, what they stood for, um, background that we don't really get to see discussed or hear discussed in debates. But J.B. Hickson, we're going to continue to talk about the 4th of July, how blessed we are to have even be on the air to have this conversation and not be um, persecuted yet. <laughs> I'll use the word yet. Uh, we are very fortunate. But, brother, it's good to have you on today, the day before Independence. Um, we'll come back with JB. We'll share some more scriptures, some more quotes, some more uh, interesting information. And, and, JB, what chapter of the book uh, of Spirit of the Antichrist uh, did you say to look up? Yeah, Volume 2. Volume 2. Uh, chapter 7. Chapter 7 in Volume 2. All right, friends, we will be right back with more on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Feedback, questions, and topic suggestions are always appreciated. Email us at comments at standupforthetruth.com. 
J.B. Hickson is our guest today, and I want to quote Abraham Lincoln, who back in 1863, I believe, was really concerned about the direction of America. Yes, he was um, at calling for prayer, fasting, humiliation, a national day of repentance. And I'm just going to quote him in part. Um, he said, um, uh, let's see, we have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has ever grown. But we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to the God that made us. It behooves us then to humble ourselves before the offended power, to confess our national sins, and to pray for clemency and forgiveness. And J.B. Hickson, imagine what Lincoln and those of that mindset would say if they could see the pride in America today. Yeah, I mean, it's quotes and prayers like that that really make us proud of our Mm -hmm. Christian heritage. But, you know, Lincoln, as I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, he was a bit of an enigma, you Mm -hmm, know. mm -hmm. I think he... He truly wanted to do the right thing in some cases, but he was also a pawn. Uh, and uh, Donald Jeffries, by the way, has done an outstanding work covering uh, the history they didn't teach you in school. He's got a book that came out a few years ago called Crimes and Cover-Ups in American Politics from 1776 to 1963. And uh, he really has done you know exceptional work researching the Lincoln you didn't know. Hmm. And I know years ago, uh, Andrew Napolitano, a great conservative uh, soldier, uh, he wrote a book, uh, I think it was called The Constitution in Exile, and he has a whole a chapter uh, called Dishonest Abe, the Lincoln you didn't know. So like most of our founding fathers, there's this Kind of mixed signals mm-hmm. uh, that we get, and uh, and I think that's what I'm really challenging people to do is don't just fall into this trap of right left paradigm. You know, we need to be honest about God's fingerprints that are undeniably all over this country, but yes. also recognize how Satan has been working hard to bring down this country because, as I said, he he started out with you know a foothold through some of the. Uh, Freemasons and Illuminati and, and the, his pawns in the game, thinking they could just, you know, use this great land of ours as a, a beachhead for their globalist agenda. He vastly underestimated the power of the Christians that had a 150-year head start, and so it took them a while to kind of really get their, you know, battle plan in place. But by the turn of the 20th century, early 1900s, with the help of some Luciferian. Uh, Groups like the Rockefellers, the Carnegies, the Ford Foundation, and all those others, they <laughs> took control of education, yes. of you know, corporations, of the banking system, of everything. And here we are, 120 years later, and we see, uh, you know, the 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 fruits of their labor, so to speak. So yes. uh, I just I just encourage people to, you know, to kind of think through it analytically. Um, and if I may, I want to just kind of use an illustration here. Uh, as we talk about some of these founding fathers, like Thomas Jefferson yes, and John Adams. You know, uh, John Adams, uh, for example, he said, uh, and this is a quote that you see often, the Christian religion is, above all, the religion, above all the religions that ever prevailed or existed in ancient or modern times, the religion of wisdom, virtue, equity, and humanity. Uh, we love that quote, right? right, we, right. we would say a hearty amen. <laughs> but, you know, what you don't hear is John Adams' other writings in which he uh, claims that the nation was founded not on Christian principles, but on Enlightenment thinkers like Rousseau and Voltaire and avowed atheists. Mm. He said, quote, this is Adams, regarding the general principles on which the fathers achieved independence, I could fill sheets of quotations from Rousseau and Voltaire. Well, what did Voltaire believe? Voltaire believed Christianity is the most ridiculous, this is a quote, the most absurd and bloody religion that has ever infected the world. Adams went on to say that the Europeans were all deeply tainted with prejudices that they can never get rid of. And what are these prejudices and confessions of faith, as he called them, that tainted the, Uni- the Europeans and which, you know, the United States must overcome? 
He said, quote, well, they all believe that great principle, God, which has produced this boundless universe, and until this awful blasphemy is got rid of, they will there will never be any liberal science. So, you know, <laughs> what does that tell us about Adams? I don't know. I mean, only God knows his heart. Right. But let me give you some quotes uh, from some modern-day political leaders, and we'll play a little game here uh, just for fun. And you, you may know the answer, but tell me, for example, which U.S. president once said, quote, I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins, and I am redeemed only through him, end quote. Wow. Any, guess, any uh, guesses? Jimmy Carter. President Barack Obama. Oh, my goodness. Who said, who said, quote, the Bible is the authoritative word of God and contains all truths? President well, Bill Clinton. Oh, my goodness. Who said, quote, who said, quote, the Bible is and remains the biggest influence on my thinking. I was raised reading it, memorizing passages from it, and being guided by it. I still find it a source of wisdom, comfort, and encouragement. Jimmy Carter. Hillary Clinton. Oh, my goodness. So let's who, hold on, Let's pause, pause for a moment yeah. here. Well, I hope you're going to eventually get to, but in context of everything else they said, and you will know them by their fruit, um, they must have been catering to Christians when they're saying these things, right? Yeah, exactly. That's my point. And and so to cherry pick certain quotes from founding fathers yeah. without looking at the whole corpus of their writings, I mm. think could lead us to similar misleading conclusions. That's a powerful point you just made, JB, in the way you made it. Um wow. Very good. Let's go back to Thomas Jefferson, um, because we're running out of time here. First of all, the separation of church and state found nowhere. In our documents, the, relig- the uh, Declaration of Independence, uh, our, the Constitution, it was in a private letter, and the left has used that as a battering ram. What do they mean when they want to separate church and state? The left does not want Christian influence to be anywhere in the public square and in our country. So but let's go back to what Jefferson believed, and uh, J.B., go ahead. Yeah, so Jefferson, of course, that separation of church and state comes not from the Constitution uh, or the Bill of Rights, uh, but or the Declaration of Independence. It comes from a letter that he wrote to the Baptist Church in Danbury. An interesting side note, I grew up in the Northeast all through grade school and junior high school, and for three years we attended that church. (laughs) And um, so I really remember it it well. It's a very historic church. Um, Years later, 20-some-odd years later, I was doing a men's conference in Connecticut, and Danbury is in Connecticut, and uh, and I uh, had the privilege to speak at that church, my boyhood church. So have a special place in my wow, heart for that, you know, the Baptist Church of Danbury. Um, but yeah, Jefferson, you know, again, I taught my children that he was an incredible freedom-loving patriot and constitutionalist. I think he really did want to break free from, you know, the, the shackles of, of England. Yeah. But as far as being a, a born-again Christian, I, I think we would have to conclude, based on his own writings, that that would be questionable at best. I mean, obviously, people know about the Jefferson Bible. I've seen it. It's on display in the Jefferson Museum, where he ripped out all the words of Jesus. Um, you know, we said that uh, he, he, he omitted all of the supernatural elements, like the virgin birth, Jesus' resurrection. I mean, someone, you know, he compared parts of the Bible to, you know, uh, a dunghill. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, he, he did not believe. Here's a quote that you hardly ever hear from Jefferson. He said, quote, The character of Jesus is not to be understood. It is not to be understood that I am with him in all his doctrines, because he preaches the efficacy of repentance towards forgiveness of sin. I require the counterpoise of good works. Ah, that is huge. Yeah, but that said, again, God used, just the same same way he used kings from pagan nations throughout Israel's history, he's used men and women uh, as as his uh, tools to Mm -hmm. help bring about his will and his plan. So, you know, I don't, I, I think we just, all I'm saying is we just want to be sure we're not carte blanche reading a quote and saying, well, this guy was a godly Christian. All of our founding fathers were here just to serve God. I think there's an undercurrent of fingerprints from the devil that clearly is evidence in, in the early days of our country. Yes, we were uh, talking before the podcast today. We cannot put all of our founders under one basket of religion or what belief in God there because there's as today they're so diverse I mean we've got Christians in Congress Bible believing Christians we've got 
professing Christians who are fake. We've got Muslims. We've got atheists. We've got all kinds of different communists, you know, in our representatives. Yeah. So we've got all <laughs> kinds of people. You can't put them all in one basket, so to speak. Um, JB, who else did you want to uh, contrast? Well, first, I want to just say I was about to mention this. Uh, I was about to then you mentioned I just want to be redundant. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, I think I, I think in terms of the founding fathers, we could talk about, you know, Benjamin Franklin, a clear Freemason who spoke despairingly of Jesus. He said, as to Jesus of Nazareth, my opinion of whom you particularly desire, I have some doubts as to his divinity. Um so, uh, you know, can we can we share one thing? Can we talk about one thing, though? What confuses people in part, I believe, about Benjamin Franklin is because when they were debating, I believe, the, the what which is to go in the drafts of the Declaration or the Constitution, it was him, one of the least religious founders. It was Franklin who suggested, hey, maybe we better get down on our knees and pray and ask God for help. So that confuses people. So they think, oh, Franklin must be a Christian. But it's not that wasn't the case, was it? Yeah, that's right. And but I think that's where people need to understand a, a principle that is true for studying the Bible as well, called hermeneutics, and mm. in, in which you look at the context historically and grammatically. Yes. And as I mentioned earlier in the program, you know, in that day, it's the German concept of Sitz im Leben, the setting of the day. Uh, everybody prayed. I mean, unbelieving farmers who would get drunk in the pubs every night would pray for rain when their crops needed rain, hmm. and so. People understood that there was a God, and you know, and they prayed to Him. Uh, but it doesn't mean that they had a, a true uh, saving faith in Jesus Christ. And you know, the Bible is pretty clear: uh, the only way to be saved is by faith, mm-hmm. not faith in just anything, but faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died and rose again for our sins. Apart from that, no matter how many good things a person says or does, no matter how moral they may try to act. They are lost and in need of a Savior, and they're going to, to not spend eternity in heaven. So I, I think that that's kind of the my passion is the clarity, urgency, and accuracy of the, of the gospel. And so yes. as we interpret uh, American history, we want to do so through the lens of Scripture. Amen, brother. And, uh, yeah, let's clarify the, the gospel, because uh, we are saved by grace through faith, and you've, your ministry is called Not By Works. So you really want to hammer this home and get this through to people who think uh, they need to just be better, to try to be better, to do more, to do good, right? Absolutely. In fact, I just wrote an article yesterday. People can find it at notbyworks.org. It's in the number one spot on our highlight carousel. I'm pretty sure Harbingers is going to post it uh, this week. Um, But I called it, Are We Burying the Lead Hmm. in Bible Prophecy? And that's an old journalism term, uh, but... The idea here is, you know, as we're pointing people toward the eastern sky and proclaiming the soon coming of our Lord, uh, are we forgetting to point them toward the cross? And so uh, I think the same mm. thing is true when studying American history and, and doing battle with the, the, the left and the liberal causes of, of our day. We need to remember that what matters most is the gospel, and we always need to proclaim the gospel uh, in the midst of our teachings and writings about Bible prophecy. I'm glad you uh, brought it home uh, to the gospel, JB, because even uh, some who are really excited about Bible prophecy, and there's absolutely no reason we shouldn't be excited about Bible prophecy, but some take it a little too far and get away from preaching the gospel and trying to bring people along with us to be saved. And I think we've got to get back to that focus in our churches as well. Yeah, I said in the conclusion of my article, and it's a short article, but I said, being an expert in eschatology and being conversant and well-studied in God's end times plan will not open the doors of heaven. (laughs) Only faith can do that. And so, yeah, I I just, one of the things I appreciate about your uh, program is that you, you know, have always edified believers and given us a lot of uh, truth, you know, standing firm for the truth. Um, And yet, uh, you, you know, you also... Uh, have guests on that you give the freedom to just unashamedly share the gospel like we've tried to do when, when we've been on your show. And we appreciate you, JB, very much. Um, it, we've got a few minutes left. Is there anything else in light of our Independence Day celebrations or just our belief about our nation? Because I think a lot of Christians are being beat up so 
much in the public square, so to speak, whether that be on, online or verbally or the left is just attacking it, because we are no longer a godly nation. Um, I think I, no. I, don't, I don't think a lot of people would disagree with that, that God may be ha- maybe he's already lifted his hand uh, away and he, maybe he's going to turn his back. Maybe judgment is here. Maybe it's coming. I think there's good points to debate and all that, but because Christians are feeling, wow, you know, the left is really gaining some momentum. How do you encourage believers in light of celebrating our independence and our nation on the 4th of July? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that question. Let me try to wrap it up in a, in a, in a, in a nice bow here in the last, in the next couple of minutes before we, we close. Um, first of all, I would say, as I mentioned, America, God's plan for America is national sovereignty. And until Jesus comes, we ought to fight hard to defend our freedoms in this country. And we also, that's number one. Number two, we also need to recognize that there are powerful forces at play, even within our own government, that are working hand in puppet with the Luciferian elite to try to bring down this country. Things are very seldom as they appear. Uh, and so we need to resist the urge to, to fall into this right-left trap and thinking we can win the battle at the ballot box or in the courthouse. Uh, right. We need to understand that there's something bigger at play. It doesn't mean we still don't fight. We ought to fight hard, pray hard, trust God in the midst of all this. But don't think that somehow we can, uh, you know, through the ballot box, turn this nation around. Uh, is it possible that God could bring a period of revival for, for a short time? Uh, certainly, and Anything's we're seeing that, as, yeah. as you talked about. There are uh, surprising uh, rulings that are happening, uh, you know, uh, here, and, here and there that we say, oh, praise God, we dodged a bullet there. Hmm. But the biblical record is that things are getting worse and worse, and they will continue to decline until the Lord calls the church home, uh, following which the Antichrist will rise to power. He will rule the world at Satan's behest for seven years. And then at the end of the seven years, Christ will come back with his church, to finally inaugurate the long-awaited kingdom of peace, righteousness, and justice. Mm, um, so we don't want to sit back and say, woe is me, there's nothing we can do, we might as well just you know, move to a mountaintop and live in a tent and sing kumbaya. We have a job to do. Yes. God has us here for a reason, mm. and that's why I love Stand Up For The Truth, and, and your program is because you know we, we you, you embolden us and, and give us the, the tools that we need to, to stand firm. But don't ever let the battle transcend the Bible. Mm, and the Bible is, good. gives us the clear marching orders and the clear uh, Great Commission, and, and that's what we want to do, is, is make sure that the, the gospel is preeminent. So um, I love what John R.W. Stott once said. Uh, he said, we should not ask what's wrong with this world, for that diagnosis has already been given. Rather, we should ask what has happened to the salt and light. So getting back mm. to our celebrations. It's fine to just enjoy your family, enjoy your Christian, your religious liberties and, and the privileges that we've been given temporarily for such a time as this, but also remember to honor God in all that we do. And part of that is discerning the times, understanding the times. Um, like the men of Issachar, right, JB? They not only understood the times, but they knew what to do. That's So we've got to pray for wisdom we might have one day, 10 days, 100 days, or several years, or however many decades left to live, or before Jesus comes back. But we have a purpose, every one of us as Christians, as ambassadors for Christ. And we've really, um, man, there's people that are hurting. They're in fear. They're confused throughout our culture and in our spheres of influence. JB, your final thoughts about that? Yeah, I agree. Let's uh, celebrate. Well, there is a lot to celebrate in this country. Let's yes. um, praise God for the privilege of living here, that we weren't you know, born in uh, some closed country like North Korea or China. Yeah. Uh, and, and yet we can do that in full eyes wide open and full transparency, knowing uh, that there's a lot wrong with this country. And so... Um, yeah, praise God, David. Thanks so much for you know letting me be a part of the program today. Great, great discussion. You're welcome, brother. God bless you. We will be in touch. JB, notbyworks.org. And by the way, I don't remember if I asked you last month when you were on, um, are you working on a new book? I am. We've, we've had a delay because okay. our, our offices and my home got really bombarded by flood. We were flooded, and we've That's been right. a lot of issues with that. 
So, but yeah, Spirit of the False Prophet, Hacking and Tracking Humanity, kind of the third installment in this series. Hopefully still we'll make it out by October, so pray for us. Okay, thank you. We'll be looking forward for that uh, to that, JB. Uh, we love you, brother. Thank you for your ministry and all that you do. We appreciate your voice, and I'm just thankful for your friendship, brother. God bless you. Hey, God bless, David. All right, thank you. Okay, J.B. Hickson, uh, you will continue to hear him, you know, from time to time, uh, monthly or every other uh, month, whatever um, is decided in the future. Um, I'd like to invite you to keep up with my articles. Uh, like J.B. mentioned, Harbinger's Daily has been wonderful in uh, reproducing our articles, publishing our articles and writings, some videos, some sermons. Check out harbingersdaily.com. They've been uh, very supportive um, also, if you want to check out any of the videos, recent projects that I'm uh, doing, check out my page at Harbingers Daily and connect on YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, Rumble, Instagram, and of course, freedomproject.com. Uh, once a week, I go over there and I do a little program called Educated. And my goodness, do we get into the, the weeds and what's happening? in the government-run school system, the education system, and I put education in air quotes, in America. So uh, check that out. That's freedomproject.com, or I believe it's stayeducated.org. Um, I've got two separate Facebook pages. You can keep up with me there, and, of course, at davidfiorazzo.com. Uh, my books are available on amazon.com, and though I know this is a very optimistic, <laughs> I hope to have a brand-new book completed by the fall. Um, it may not happen, but that's what my hope is. And um, yeah, it's it's going to be a lot of work, but I'm going to try to press through. Um, if you'd like to keep up with Rosanna's health updates and our personal lives, you can join the private Facebook group. It's called Rosanna's Journey. So you can go to Facebook if you're on there and type in the search Rosanna's Journey and I post the recent things we're doing to try to get her cognitive impairment improved and her uh, brain activity and just things like that. Um, but I love you guys. I thank you for your prayers, encouragement, support. And this will be my final podcast on Q90FM. I've been incredibly blessed in the last several years to connect with some of you. And I'm glad we're family in Christ. We get to spend eternity together. So thank you. Um, the podcast is in good hands with Mary Danielson. She will continue to bring on more great guests. Um, I've learned a lot from outstanding men and women of God that I've had the privilege to interview. And finally, uh, if your church or Christian group might be interested in having me come in and speak or even preach on a Sunday morning, if your pastor needs a vacation, uh, contact me about that. Um, the work continues for us all. Right? Our mission does not change. And sometimes God can use us in a more powerful way if we go on to new ventures. And so we'll see, uh, we'll see how things go. But, um, the Lord that we trust is faithful. He guides, provides, opens doors, and directs our steps. I'm David Fiorazzo. Thank you for listening. Stay strong in Christ and in the living, active, powerful Word of God. So for one last time, God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter. Thank you.